sweater oh and I just wanted to look fancy this morning so I put on like thigh high socks and this big sweater it's cold here it's it's like it feels like we just rapidly jumped into fall like Um, I have a sweater and sweatpants and socks I have those things too, but it's like 100 degrees here. Um, But uh, I like to be in – like this is kind of why I'm excited to move back to San Francisco, which by the way, I'm moving back on Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. By the time this airs, I will have been there for a week. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I am – I like being in cold climates and putting warm clothes on. And, yeah. and I do like being in hot climates and wearing no clothes, let's be honest. But for the most part, I prefer to be cold with layers. So it's – Yeah, I don't. I'm the opposite. Well, you we run know. hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to not have – I really hate having sleeves on. Oh. Like on my arms. Mm. I hate the feeling of it. It's mm. funny. No, I like them both. I really do. I like the. I don't like the in between, but I like the cold with warm clothes and hot with no clothes. Yeah, I had a little moment this morning where I got excited about the winter. Yeah, not winter, not quite there yet, but like fall. fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember last mm-hmm. year when I came and I ran around in the leaves and you re- video recorded me? <laughs> <laughs> And talked major shit on me in the – Oh, yeah. What did I say? That was so funny. You were like, ooh, you did – Holly did gymnastics. Because I was like – I was like running – there were piles of leaves and I was like running through the leaves. And I was like, you're all do a cartwheel. And I didn't know you were videoing me. I thought you were just taking pictures. And so I did a cartwheel. And then I was like, I did gymnastics when I was little. And I was just like happy. And you're like, ooh, yeah. Holly did gymnastics, guys. <laughs> And like <laughs> I was just being a dick because I was were recording. Such a dick. <laughs> anyway, and there was like the I guy. If I still have that, huh? I wonder if I still have that video. I still have it. It was on my phone. Oh, okay, good. You were like, I was like, but the ground's wet. And you're like, that's okay. Like it was just funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was when I was wearing that red the- sweater and the overalls and the beanie, and I looked like a five year old. <laughs> Yeah, you really did. Like that outfit definitely pushed the edge, but you can pull that off. I would look. I would look. I can pull so off the five-year-old look. Yeah. Um, well, you can pull off overalls. Most people cannot. There's like five people in the world. No, if do I, that. I don't know if there's such a thing as pulling off overalls. I don't know. I really don't. Um, <laughs> I think anybody can pull anything off that they want to. Um. Anyway, um. So it's new. Um, I just picked my head up from writing for the past couple hours, uh, just the book, the book and Alma started school this week. She started yesterday. So congratulations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's nice, right? Like that's a good thing. 
It's a totally great, it's a great thing. Like yeah. I was making lunch this morning and just thinking, oh, this feels good. The routine, like being mm-hmm. back in some of the routine. I mean, granted, we're going to be moving in a month and there's all kinds of chaos, but at least, yeah, you know, we're, I'm not waking up thinking, okay, what's the plan today? Which camp is she in? Blah, you know, yeah. schedules all over. And so that, yes, it's good. And she, she's excited about it, um, which is nice. And yeah, it's good. I like... I love back to school season. Like I loved it as a kid. I oh my god, I, I love I, it so much. Yeah, right. It's just so exciting. You go back and see everybody, and the morning, like the fresh morning air, new clothes. I used to like, yeah, yeah new clothes. Like I used to love my first, like my back to school outfits. I know that was the best part, and mm-hmm. it and like new, new school supplies. supplies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the like possibility and just seeing who got what class that new teacher and yeah. it's fun. It is fun. It's an, it was like it was a really good time. Um I do. Even I though totally, I changed schools a lot. So there was that, you know. That was okay, so we're gonna that's what I wanted to mention. I haven't even told you this. I didn't change schools a lot. I stayed in the same town my entire youth. Yeah. I mean, I switched schools when I went from elementary to junior high to high school, but that was it. Never switched schools. And I, I'm moving, you know, um, to the oh, town. Switching next. Alma. Well, I didn't think I would have to because I naively, whatever about that stuff. I'm like, she'll just finish this year. And, and, and her dad said to me, because he was talking to someone, he's like, you might want to check to see if that's going to fly. And so I did a bunch of work, uh, you know, recon on on Monday, and turns out, no, they don't let you do that. You have to switch. Well, pretty you much. could use somebody else's address in your own town. You know, like that's what a lot I of people could, do. But these towns are so small, and like people they'll talk. figure it out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they'll it's figure not like it LA out. LA Unified. Okay, right. So I, I was like, shit. So she's. So I talked to the superintendents and all that. She's going to switch after Thanksgiving, but she doesn't know that yet. And now we're both. Oh, God. And she she was, I know, she was worried about not liking her teacher. And yesterday she came home all excited. She loves her teacher. She's so nice. I was like, God damn it. I wish she, I wish her teacher was, you know, she was right that she wasn't going to like her teacher or something. And she's in class with her best friends for the first time ever. Oh yeah. She's going to hate you forever. Yeah. So it's awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, dropping that bomb, but luckily her dad's completely like, you know, we're, we're on the same team on this one and, and maybe he can tell her. (laughs) I know I might actually have that happen. Like make it sound like his idea instead of mine, since I seem to be the one who always Always gets it. Yeah. Disappointment. Um, but yeah, she's, she's going to have to do that right after Thanksgiving. The good part is this is like a, not a foreign place. You know, she has more friends there than even she does in our town. And we already know, that she's going to be at the certain school where she already has friends. So I don't think it'll be all that traumatic, but I, you know, this will be ammunition for her for however Something. long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, anyway, I, switched, I went to like a magnet school in between my second and third grade. Like, a, what does like, that mean? 
I went to like, and not like, I don't know if they call it magnet. I went to a gate school, gifted and talented education. Like mm-hmm. I moved to a, a school because I tested high. And mm-hmm. um, I went in and um, on my first day, I, at this new school, I met this girl and she was like the most popular girl. And, yes. and she, I had white kids on and she <sighs> stepped all over them and said that the school didn't allow white shoes and I believed her and Ugh. and this is the third grade Jessica yeah. Burton um and I spent that year I mean it was it was an awful year my teacher hated me like I had too much energy like the class yeah. like all my teachers hated me let's just be honest like every teacher ever hated me I was like that kid I had too much energy yeah. And like, um, but I got bullied and like sexually molested and, um, it was just like, um, it was like worst case scenario. It was, it was a real, it was third grade was, um, not good times. No, it was awful. I will never forget that year. Um, and then I transferred again in the fifth grade and, um, like same thing, you know, like I just, I happened to be the girl that would always find like the two popular best friends and be their crony. Um, and, um, yeah, totally. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I remember that, I, you know, that's awful. That's really, really awful. I think everyone probably has some year like that. I, I basically all of junior high felt like that to me, but. Oh, junior high was uh, even worse, but that was, oh. I'm just saying it was like, it was such a, like it, I mean, I was, I guess I was like almost age and I was, I was, yeah. and it, uh, is she going into third grade? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. That was um, – yeah, I, I've never – I have never forgotten it. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't – yeah, I don't think you do. I mean, I remember every single teacher's name that I ever had. Yeah. I remember everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. So okay. um, this episode we're responding to a couple of letters, and let's get on with mm-hmm. it. Um, I'll read the first one, and then you can read the one okay. that was sent to you. Okay. One second, let me find out. Okay. So, um, pseudonym is emotionally ambivalent. Um, and the question is as follows it's a letter. Um, I'm planning my recovery. I have a date set and a doctor's appointment, but that's about it. I just read your tips on creating a toolbox. This is written to hip sobriety. Um, I -hmm. loved it, but I'm also scared by it. Am I foolish of thinking, oh my God, this sounds like so much work. Dumb, right? Don't get me wrong. I don't have rose-colored glasses on. I don't expect it to be easy. But in a world where I can barely do laundry often enough to have clean clothes for work, how the hell am I going to start a toolbox? Um, How do I begin? You want me to answer first or you want to go for it? Yeah, why don't you, since I read it, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, yeah, I have I have several reactions or points. So the first one is um, she doesn't have to do all the all the things. Yeah. Like there's there's really just one thing she has to do, which is to oh, okay, first of all, let me back it up before that. The 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 she's planning her recovery, which um I think is awesome. Like I 
I did not plan my recovery. I, 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 I did not have a plan of any kind. Um, you never it was planned very, to have a quit date. No, never had a plan to have a quit date. Never. Um, because I had never tried to stop drinking. Like I never intentionally said, I'm going to stop and this is going to mm-hmm. be the, the day, you know, I, I had, I tried to not get completely fucked up, but I never tried to stop. And until I was smack, you know, crashed into the proverbial walls, mm-hmm. I didn't. So the fact that she has a doctor appointment is big to me and that she's like thinking about it. You know, she's like somewhat ahead of it mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. It really is. It is. And, um, and that to me is like enough, like, like she started already. So she, whether she believes it or not, she already has, you know, a for one tool in the toolbox and that's some awareness that this needs to end. Um, and then the only other thing that has to happen is to not drink. Um, and what she needs to do from there will become very apparent right, right away, you know, where she gets, one of the craziest things about getting sober for me was that time slowed way the fuck down. Like you, I was astonished at how long and stretched out the days became when I wasn't drinking, like time uh, in a good way or a bad way. No, it was a bad way. <clears throat> for me. Um, I mean, it was a bad way because I was just all of a sudden so aware of myself. Right. Right. Um, and it's unnerving, but you, because you aren't drinking, you are aware of what's happening. So that what I, what I mean is like, she's, you can't help, but sl- like, she feels like, she, you know, she's in this place where she can barely have clean laundry. Well, yeah, that's the chaos of having a life where you're drinking a lot. Um, and it doesn't go away at, you know, when you stop, but at least it slows down. Like the chaos, the volume on chaos turns down pretty quickly. Yeah. Once you're not drinking. Um, and I would say, you know, if, if I was to advise someone, I would say the, the, the toolbox or the plan, and I haven't read that post of yours in so long, but I'm, I know it it contains, I'm, I'm sure it would be overwhelming, right? Because you have all kinds of things in there that are amazing, but it's like, that doesn't happen all at once. Like, you know, at least for me, it's not, it's actually to clarify, it's just, it is an overwhelming post because there's lots of suggestions, but the post says pick five of these things. Like it's like buy yeah. a bottle, of, buy a bottle of essential oils, like breathe. Yeah. It's actually, um, it's not like so many things you have to do, um, but it's an overwhelming post it in now. its length. Yeah, it's not. It's not a process. It's just here. Go buy some essential oils. Carry them with like, you. Pick five of these things. Do and, them and run with it. Yeah. yeah, and I would say the same thing. Like, okay, don't not drinking is the, is the goal. And I and you know I have always thought of getting sober is like. I know this isn't true for other people, but for me, it's absolutely true that it wasn't like other task oriented activities. <laughs> like I couldn't. I didn't have a plan of, and, and and I don't, that wasn't necessarily good. It's just, it's not the space I was in. It's also not the type of person I am. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't 
you know, pick, yes, pick one or two things that sound like maybe they'd be a good idea for you and that are super doable. Like, yes, buy a bottle of essential oil, plan to not drink, plan to tell someone about the fact that you haven't drink when your head hits the pillow that first night. That's your start, you know, and then everything else, like I, I took life in like 15 minute increments, truly. Um, and made it, I tried to like do more things, you know, to, to go to all the meetings and read all the books and, you know, add all these things in and it, it, it didn't work for, you know, ultimately I just had to just be super basic about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would just say like, I think the fact that she is writing this letter is amazing and she's already, she's already started, you know, and I, I do want to, you know, answer that it is a lot of work, but it's not, it's not a lot of work in the way that she thinks, you know, um, and you can't, can't chew it all at once. It's like, you just do the day for me. It was just doing the day, like have, have resolved for that day be open to a process that is undoubtedly whatever you think it's going to be. It's not. So just be open to that process. I mean, she's reading your blog. She's, she's going to know a hell of a lot more about what to expect and, and maybe how to do this than, than I ever did. And mm-hmm. most people do yeah. because these, there are these resources out there, you know, where I'm writing about it, you're writing about it hundreds of other people are writing about it in a very real way. Um, and she's, she's got it, you know, she's, she's got a toolbox started already. Um, and yeah, it's a fucking lot of work. Um, but not in the way she thinks, you know, it's not like to me, it's, it's not like you're looking down, you know, project plan like six months and you're going, Oh my God, how's this ever going to happen? Right. It's just, right. it just it's like doesn't looking at the next that. right thing. Right. 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 So that that would be my answer. I think that's good. Mine's pretty similar. Um, I think one of the things, like I like I hear like in this, I hear a lot of um, like I'm planning my recovery. I have a date set, and you know, like a doctor's appointment. And I think like one of the things I want to like re- like kind of resound like uh, not uh, reinforce is what you had said, which is that it is like she's already doing it. Like you haven't, you don't actually have a plan to do it. You're doing it right now. And I think a lot of people overlook this. And this is something that I want to like, we have another letter that we're reading after this. And it's a really important Mm -hmm. point to make. A lot of people think that they're not doing it. And a lot of times I'm just like, this is it. We usually think like the, that like doing it looks differently than, than what we're actually doing in this moment and right now. And we Mm -hmm. feel to see that like the path is long and it stretched far before you even came to this decision and it stretches far Mm -hmm. beyond and it even is there you know it's the same path even when you when even when you fall down even when you take step back steps back it's still actually this like progressive like movement towards something and so a lot of times people will say what do I need to do and it's (laughs) like you're but this is actually like you're doing it like this is the thing like writing a letter to a sobriety blogger about <laughs> sobriety is doing it right like yeah. that is so like you, that smart. takes so, so much work like we actually underestimate like that the 
the number of people out there that have a huge problem with alcohol are not reading sobriety blogs. They mm-hmm. are reading rosé memes, you know, and they are like perpetuating it and looking for confirmation bias that they are okay. They are not looking for the like they are not looking for the place where they're not okay, right? Like they're looking for yes. all the signals around them that tell them that they don't have a problem. And so to make a leap and to start saying, "Oh, Oof, I need to stop drinking and being a self-selector, not being forced. You're not being forced into rehab, you know, All like right. you're not being right. like nobody's sitting around motivationally interviewing you, like saying, <laughs> like trying to get you to leap to this conclusion that maybe you should stop drinking. And that is that is a big fucking deal. That is a really big yes. fucking deal. So the first thing I want to say is like, you're doing it. This is it. Your plan has already started, girl. Like it's already mm-hmm. like happened. The second thing I want to say is that like, I think. Like I'm the type of person that loves organize. I do. I did plan. I did have a I know, plan. I know. I know. I did yeah. project manage my recovery, and that's actually what hip sobriety school is about. It's like teaching project management of recovery, and mm-hmm. like for for me, like one of the things because I am such a perfectionist, I dream up these grandiose schemes. Like I will. I love, for instance, I love putting my calendar together, um, and yet sometimes. Many times I don't actually execute on the calendar. And what, like, it's you like, like the act of doing it. I like the act of organizing things and like this, like, and these grand ideas of what it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, like another example is I'll go to Rome and, and I'll be like, ooh, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. And I'm going to go to these five <laughs> monuments. By 7 a.m., I'm going to have coffee at this one place. And I d- I've done that maybe like one – no, not one. I've done that probably like 5% of the time have I hit my like plan. Um, right. For the most part, I'm like, oh, I woke up at 5, but then I only went to one monument. And I sat and had coffee for three hours instead of the half hour, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's like – anyway, most people, like I, I believe a lot of our, our, our people are um, extremists. I mm-hmm. just think it's inherent in it. And I think a lot of extremists have this tendency to think that they are going to do something and execute on it perfectly. And then I, and like they'll go full in, you know, they'll buy all the books. They're going to make the doctor's appointment. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do the mantra. I'm going to quit sugar. I'm going to quit sugar, quit coffee, do a juice cleanse. Like I'm going to lose, you know what I mean? Like we come with these, these like crazy plans and then we're like, and then we don't do it because it's impossible. And then mm-hmm. we end up saying, well, I can't do it. And we throw it away. It's just like you like going into a college course and saying, I'm going to like do the entire syllable perfectly. And then we've missed three classes and we have, you know, we're two chapters behind and then we withdraw from the class because right. it's too painful to not meet the expectations that we had set for ourselves. It's too painful to like, we're just like, oh, I'm not getting it. I drop out, I, you know? And so one yeah. of the things like is to, like one of the things that that I think is really helpful to understand is, is that all things actually can, like throw the book at it, sure, right? Mm-hmm. Throw the mm-hmm. book at it, fine, make the plan. You know, if that's the kind of person you are, then that's fine. But also like, 
allow yourself to just do the bare minimum of that. Allow yourself, like one of the biggest tests, right, is like when it gets hard and when you want to run, like staying in it, right? And so you're like, I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to do these things. Okay, fine, do those things. But when you don't actually, like when you fuck up and you drink on Friday when you didn't mean to, when you um, don't do meditation like you said you were going to, when you don't, when you're not reading the book, like that's where it actually gets really hard, right? It's not hard to like the volition isn't hard it's the like it's the the like continuing motivation as the excitement wears off right or the coming mm-hmm. back to it when you don't do what you told yourself you would do and so another part of this is like find like your plan move forward in your plan you know um but as you start to attack it right and like do not back down from it as if it's um because you aren't meeting the expectations you have for yourself. And then the other thing I want to say is like, and and like the idea is like, again, like throwing the book at it, right? Like doing all the things that you can, like not, you don't have to be like, you know, if you're the type of person that likes to create a plan, fine. If you're not, you know, like fine, throw the book at it, do like anything that you can within your power. That's just going to help you. Meaning like, I don't know, go to like, go to meetings, like um, Mm -hmm. buy a book that like, you know, talks about positive psychology or a book that talks about addiction. Like Annie Grace's Control Alcohol is an excellent book to be reading right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know, like whatever, read the blogs, you know, like, you know, learn how to breathe correctly, whatever it is, you know, like do the things that like you think that, you know, are going to help you and that you want to do. But the other part is like this, like this, this thing that you were about to mention, one of the things as well is that we have to remember that like when we go at something like this like quitting drinking and we do throw the book at it even though you didn't plan it Laura you did throw the fucking book at it I mean you started you your life became committed to your recovery right like you your life like it did it came to your life became committed to saving your life it be like you hung Mm -hmm. out with we went to AA you hung out with people from AA like you you know like I mean I know you did a million other things but like all of this stuff was centered around saving your life, right? And this is a big task. Like, it's an important task. It's, you know, and it is an all-in kind of affair. Um, But a lot of times, like, we feel, we tend to feel like it's, we're not moving the needle far and, like, fast enough or, like, far enough. Um, We're, you know, and and all the stuff we're throwing at it is, is not really making a dent. And we have to remember, like, I, the way I like to look at it is, like, like, taking a huge bag of sand and pouring it over a small hole and, like, that doctor's appointment, this letter, this podcast, like whatever it is, like all those things are actually like you're spilling them out like onto the floor and some of the sand gets through into the hole and and that's all you need, right? Some of the stuff that you are consuming, some of the stuff you're going after is not actually going to get through, but enough of it usually does so that you start to make this pivot and this change. Um, And then the last thing I want to say is like you do have to like for a time being, your goal is not to fold your laundry. Your goal is not to, um, you know, do your hair and your makeup in the morning. Your goal is not to send Christmas cards. Your goal is not to attend every party, return every phone call, do the best that you can at work. You know, like your goal right now is to get well. Your goal is to save your life, right? And that's your only job. Like that is when you make up your mind to quit drinking – 
that becomes your only job for a while, right? Like Whether it's, you want it to or not. Whether yes. you want it to or not. Because what you have done is you have decided to save your life. That's what you've decided to. You've decided to claim your life and save your life. And so at the beginning, this is really good news. You do not have to, you do not have to make your kids dinner every night. You do not have no. to fuck your husband. You do not have to balance your checkbook. You do not have to do anything. Aside from not drinking, like you had said, like that's it. Mm -hmm. That's your only fucking job is to do the things that support you. You do not have to do all the other shit, right? You do not have to. And this is amazing. This is great news. Okay. So what happens is when you start taking control of your life back and removing something that depletes your energy, makes you sick, ruins your relationships, causes like takes up so much space in your mind, takes up like the amount of time that alcohol takes up. Thinking about it, thinking about the next time you're going to drink, thinking about what you did the last time that you drank, thinking about how many minutes it is till five o'clock, thinking if you're going to have one glass, mm-hmm. two glasses, three glasses, what nights of the week you are going to drink, which, which of the nights you're not, like mm-hmm. whether or not you have a problem, does she have a problem, does he have a problem, how bad is my problem, like all of this thought <laughs> so that true. goes into it, like when you remove move it, like, guess what? That's time. That is like, I would say it was about 50% of my thought, you know, like at the time, like about 50% of my conscious thought was somehow either shame and like somehow related to it. It's so sneaky. It's so fucking sneaky in this way. So you remove that. Okay. And then you're like, you're only focused on not drinking. Okay. And then you start to feel better and you start to like claim your life back and whatever. And then, and then Then you have so much time that you are like, oh, my God, I'm not only doing the laundry. I am making shopping lists, and I am fulfilling the (laughs) shopping lists. My dishes are clean. Um, Oh, my God, all my clothes are hung up. Um, I have time to do a deep conditioning treatment in my hair. Um, (laughs) I, you know, like have time to journal. I have time to call people back. Whatever it is, like you start to find – like I have time to read. I have time to do – these things. So you start to find that your life starts to give you more time than you can possibly, you know, mm-hmm. than you even know what to do with. Um, so I would say anyway, that's, that's my answer. I don't know if it's. No, it's, it's so good. It's so, so, so true and so good. And I think we were kind of saying a couple things just in different ways, like, like the slowing down of time or the like abundance of time that you're going to find you have. Right. And, you know, I, like I wrote, um, an article called the pregnancy principle way like a couple of years ago and basically said, you know, a lot of this, like, like fuck everything else for a while. Like you just do this thing, right. you know, and, and, and whether you, you made such a good point, like whether you, whether you realize it or not, this thing that you're doing is choosing to save your life and it, the process will be revealed to you as you go. Like That's right. You, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it will it, it is. It's it's become so apparent. Um so anyway. Um, and yeah, and by the way, yes, like just to answer it, like, yeah, it's a lot of fucking work. You don't have to look at the whole picture up up front. You do not have to look at the entire project plan, you know, as you would say, or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. You don't have to look at everything you have to do. But yeah, it's a lot of work. You're exchanging this. This is an exchange in value for something of infinite value. It is a small Mm -hmm. exchange in value, right? Like Mm -hmm. for something that is going to reward you for the rest 
of your life and build a foundation upon which the rest of your life can be built if you're like right. of your real fucking life and so yeah it is like it's a lot of work you know like it is of course it is because it's, it's w- of what it's worth yeah. what it's worth that's right that's right it's <laughs> why do a yeah. whole two two years of a show on something that wasn't worth talking about that's right for yeah. forever you know forever okay that was great. Next. I love your answer. Okay. Next. So I will read this one. This one's a little bit heavier. Um, and it came to Dear Laura, and it's the pseudonym is Finding Dory. How do you learn? When it comes to alcohol, I have no capacity to learn. I've drunk since I was 16 years old. I'm late 40s, and every time it's been in excess, and yet I've never learned the lesson. I can't fathom this out. I'm a psychologist who theoretically understands the mind and practicality and practically understands other people. I'm a really good learner. I have lots of qualifications. I sort shit out for other people really quickly. I have lots of hobbies. I'm great at DIY. I learned that cocaine and other drugs are not good for me. And I stopped after one or two occasions. I can adapt pretty well, but alcohol is different. The day after I drink, I am racked with guilt. I hate myself because I lie to my daughters and do life-threatening shit. I'm a physical mess. I look awful, a puffy red face and bloodshot eyes. My head is pounding and I have zero energy. And yet I have the appetite of kings. I eat continually. The more unhealthy, the better. Processed crap, gallons of coffee, cheap chocolate, and anything spicy. There is no glamour attached to my drinking. I drink alone. So no sociability or glory the next day. My thoughts race and my social anxiety goes through the roof. I stay in bed, which means I haven't been able to hold down a full-time job because I need to be consistently functioning for that. I psych myself for phone calls by breathing deeply. And if I have to pop out to the shop, uh, to one of the shops, I down a bottle of mouthwash in the hope my friendly and hope my friendly neighbors don't smell the booze from the day before. I've tried to learn. I've written notes, drawn pictures, cut out magazine articles, printed quotes, and left them all around the house. I've taken photos, videos, recorded myself when I'm drunk out of my mind. Nothing seems to work. Do I have to get to the point where I have nothing left? I'm not quite there yet, but I know it's close and I'm scared. Is this going to end in tragedy? So you can answer first. Like same letter, really, but very different. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like the first thing that comes to mind is like, what's left? What do you mean when there's nothing left? Mm-hmm. Like how, like this is like one of the things that I think so many people like don't see is that alcohol starts to like from between both letters, like, right, or all letters ever. Um, you know, and from somebody like Aiden, you know, who stopped drinking, um, (laughs) what alcohol does is it starts to shrink your life down into a small, tiny hole. And from what I read, like you are waking up, like your whole entire life is, is revolving around alcohol. And, and like, that's like, basically it's, it's so small that everything is, is either about alcohol or it's about recovering from alcohol. And so I, like, I'm just like at any of these stages, like when you say, 
Hold on. When you read that, hold on, let me let me read the last line again. Do I yeah. have to get to the point where I have nothing left? You have nothing left. Like right now, <laughs> like this is this is not like when you are scraping by in your life like this. When it's that small, there's n- there's nothing. Right. And that's the same for somebody who like myself, who I mean, this was I was I was functioning at a job. I still like I, you know, quote unquote, had more, but there was nothing left. There was no will to live. There was no life within me. There was no spark. Right. I had completely like dampened like the spark of my life. So I think that's like the first is like you're like, you know, there is nothing left right now. You don't have to wait, right? Um, though, yes, of course, it can get worse. The second thing I want to say is that this is already doing it. Like, it's the same thing that I said in the first yeah. letter. So I'm not going to go, like, on and on. But, like, this woman is, you know, is already – like, she's reaching out. She's sending a letter like this. This is not a woman that's in denial, right? I mean, potentially right. this there's some denial around how bad it is, right? But, like – this is somebody that's that's not in denial that that there's a problem and something needs to be fixed, you know. Yeah. And so, the things I want to like the things that I want to talk about, you know, from my point of view is, you know, I, the thing that like really caught my attention is that, um, I think I don't know which order to talk about this. I think what I what comes across in this letter is that, um, you know. How did she sign it? I want to address her. Finding, Finding Dory. Dory. Finding <clears throat> Okay. Finding Dory. Honey, like the thing that comes across the most is that you think you can't do this. That's the thing that comes across the most. And I think this is one of the biggest fallacies about recovery. And this is why we've done ourselves such an injustice around alcohol and alcohol addiction. We have like categorically told people that they have a disease – that they are that they're born with this disease that it's a small percentage of the population that has this disease and that it's a relapsing chronic um, disease that is only managed you know through a certain solution um and i i think a lot of people like really um believe that this is that this is uh almost unconquerable um mm-hmm. that this is something that um this is something that is is harder to do than other things. And this is, yes, a very hard thing to do, but it is not unfigure outable. Mm-hmm. And that's for every single person, right? Every single person can do this. It is a matter of whether or not you think that you can do this, right? Like there is so much weight behind the beliefs that we have. And most of us, it's a really tall order, right? Like when we're so mm-hmm. low, when we cannot like – when we are barely managing our lives, right? When we can't – like when it's to the point where we can't, you know, hold down a job for – you know, because we don't know how we'll be from when – you know, we can't show up in our lives, right? Yeah. That's a really tall order to have this faith and this belief that we can do this this seemingly awfully hard thing. But that is not um, – but there's no rule around that that says that even at this point you can't start believing in yourself and that you can do this thing. I think one of the biggest like things that can help a human being is to start to believe that we can do the thing that we think we cannot do. 
And so mm-hmm. when I read this, I get this like weight of like, I can't do this. I've tried. I know it. I, sh- I can help other people. I cannot do it myself. I am down to this small, small place. I can't do this. I don't understand why I can't do this. And I think that there's just a shift that just starts. The one place where you can start is just by, you know, like I think there's surrender involved, like giving out, giving it up, sitting down, getting on your knees, giving it up and asking for guidance. I think that's the first step in all of this always. Like I just do. I don't care if you believe in God or not. I think there's just a simple surrendering for help. I surrender this. I cannot force this. I cannot keep forcing my way through this anymore. But the second thing I would say is like you have to start believing you can do this. Everybody, everywhere, at all times, when they are facing anything that's impossible, has to start with the mustard seed of faith that they can do it. I like, and I don't care if you believe it or not. I'm talking about just starting to tell yourself, regardless of how much your conscious mind is fighting it, that you can do it, that you can do a thing. And so I would say to you, Finding Dory, the first thing is believe that you can do this. Believe that you won't keep forgetting. Believe that you will make it to a place. Like set the intention and believe that you can make it there. It is not impossible. It is fucking terribly hard. Yes, but it is not impossible. So I think right. like the fr- like the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. So I would mm-hmm. change the narrative and start saying, I can do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure out how to do this. I think the other thing I want to point out in here is that you say you've written notes, drawn pictures, cut out magazines, but like that does not like that's that is theoretical shit. Like vision boards are great. Going out and executing is a much different thing. There is a practical component to this, which means going and sitting down with a with a therapist. You're a therapist. You help other people solve their problems. Great. Go to somebody else and have somebody else help you solve your problem. You need support. You cannot do this by yourself. It takes action. It takes terrifying, vulnerable action. You have to go out and tell somebody you need help. You have to tell a lot of people you need help. Doctors, therapists, crystal healers, I don't give a fuck. Go out and tell one, two, three, four, five people. I don't care if you're into AA or not. Go into a room and say you need help. You will find people there that have done this. You will. Right now, like I am not the like you like everybody that listens to this that knows anything about me knows AA was not my path, but believe me, going into a room where other people like you congregate and saying out loud whether or not you believe in the fundamental whether you believe in the fellowship or the book, I don't care. Going into a room and finding your people and saying, "Guys, this is going on." Right? Yeah. Doing something, like doing anything to start, like any concrete actionable item, like not like not cutting out magazines, not writing things down, not do not just increasing your knowledge about it. Knowledge is one thing, all right? You can you can explain to people how to walk from San Francisco to New York. Walking from San Francisco to New York is a much different thing. One will change you right? One will actually change your experience in how you operate. One will just give you more brain cells, all right? So I think there's a very big difference. And so beyond like doing this stuff, there is the other part where you actually have to do the hard work. You actually have to go through it. Um, And that's it. I mean, I think like I've written, Megan will post a couple things that you can link to. I've written something like how, how, I've written a post called 
Um, how do I break addiction? And it just like has 10 suggestions of what to do, right? Like 10 simple suggestions of what to do. All right. That's it. But I think, um, like those are like my top three, which is like fucking do something. Like, first of all, you're already doing it. Not my top four or five, whatever. First of all, you're already doing it. That's it. You're already doing it. Second, you've already lost everything. Like this is not like you haven't lost everything, but I'm just saying do not wait for it to get worse. Like this is bad. Right. Like it well, no, I mean not even that. Like people like the people can stop drinking at any time. Like it just depends on what our threshold for pain is. Like your threshold for pain is furiously long, right? Like you Mm -hmm. are there, but you could have stopped a long time ago and said the same thing, right? You could have stopped miles ago and said the same thing. Like there is this like idea that we have to wait for it to get like how much worse, like fuck that idea. Like the only, like the bottom (laughs) is the moment you're willing to tell the truth to yourself. That's the bottom. The bottom is the moment you're willing to tell the truth about how much of your existence you've relinquished to a fucking glass of wine, right? Like, that's it. So it's the moment, like, the bottom is the moment of truth, right? It is not the physical manifestation. It's the moment of truth that you, where you're willing to actually say to yourself, this is not what I want out of my life. This is not working. This is something that is not in integrity with who I am. All right, so I think like the, that's the the second thing the third thing is to say surrender it up just fucking fall on your knees and ask for help ask to be shown the way ask for it right like this is just putting a prayer out to the universe for something this is it this is all you are saying is basically show me the way and then keep your eyes open for the way the fourth thing i will say is you have to set like you have to start setting like like repeating mantras and change your your belief from i can't do this i'm the only one that can do this everyone thinks that they're the only one that can't do this we've set it up to believe it's an impossible thing it's not an impossible thing so start believing that you can figure this out repeat it to yourself every day i can do this. I can do this thing. I can do this hard thing. I believe in myself. I can figure this out. And then the fifth thing is do something about it. Do something concrete about this thing. Um, you know, throw the fucking yeah. book at it. Yeah. I do want to say, you know, I love, I, I so love how you talk about just pure, like believing that it's possible for, for any person and just like, I don't know. You you're so good at at showing people what's possible in such a different way. Um, so I want to say that because that's that was something that I I believed for sure that um what that you it was couldn't? so that I couldn't do it, and then right. it was so unfathomable. Like my there's so much laced into this, but it was just so I just I really got to a point where I didn't think I could do it. I just couldn't imagine that, that for myself, you know? And, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to get to that. Um, I have a bunch of, of things written out. I'm just going to go through them in the order I have them written. So she, this popped out to me and I just want to address it. She said, you know, alcohol is different than cocaine or other drugs. And it was different for me too. Like I, I stopped doing cocaine like a year and a half before I got sober Um, because I just, I had this like horrific, I never had the same attachment to it that I did to drinking, nothing. So it is different and, and just, it just is, that's what addiction looks like. Um, so 
she, she, you talked about surrender and, and that's what I'm writing about in my book right now. And just like pulling apart what that actually means, because I think we were, we are given these kind of moments, uh, as gifts where we can surrender. Yeah. And in my own experience, I surrendered a thousand times. I thought I did. Right. I, I said, I'm done. I, I can't help me take it. When and you, then were you fully, like, I'm just curious and you, like, were you fully behind it? Like when you did that, was it well, like, no. And that's what I want to address. Okay. Like I, I, I would have sworn that I was, mm. but in hindsight, I can see that I wasn't. And, and my point is, I don't know that I could have been right. I feel like there are some people are given these moments where for whatever reason, call it grace or God or divine intervention or whatever, something pierces your psyche to such a degree that it's a, there, there's a rearrangement that's caused, right? I would hear about these people that had this moment and they never drink again. They went into their first meeting or they made a decision and they just never looked back, Right. That's not what it looked like for me, and that's not what it looked like for her. I'm guessing she has had that moment with herself so many times. But the nature of addiction itself, it is like for me, in my experience, was that I would just become, I would forget, like within hours, yes. this surrender, this oh, yes. pain that I felt. And and that's your brain. It's your brain being addicted. You know, you, there's a long explanation for that, but, but that's just, that's not her not being able to learn. That's what addiction looks like. That's right. That's why it's yeah. so confounding. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's why it's not like other fucking task oriented activities, just like I said. But it, can we talk about this for a second? Because I do think, yeah. like, I don't think, I want to be clear, I don't think surrender is, like, this magic thing that just takes it away. I think no, it's, no, an, no. like, a really necessary part of it. Like, I think, like, you have to, like, it's like Marianne Williamson says in that one, like, that one quote and, and that she should have just stayed on her knees, right? Like, we surrender and then we get up, right? Like, we surrender and then we get up. And right. and I don't think that there's this magic thing that happens. I did have a kind of turnaround point, but believe me, I forgot a million times after that. But I did have a like like for me, it did re there was a surrender moment that rearranged. But I think it's like important to understand like surrender is just this continual part of the process where you realize like that you like how would you, how do I say it? Surrender to me is the moment like I just realize like I'm not doing it all. Like and I can't do it all. There's no fucking way that I can do it all. Um mm -hmm. how would you say it? Yeah, I mean that's where that's kind of where I was heading. Like we we get these these moments of surrender that can be a gift, right? Because they are enough it, you know, I had many of those where it's blunt enough that it shocks us out of our denial for a moment or it's so painful or it's the it's the six thousand 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 time we've done the same thing or whatever. We can have these moments where we didn't die, and you know, or someone else didn't die or whatever the 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 manifestation of it outwardly, like you said, looks like, and we're still here, and so we're given this like moment of a gift of seeing clearly. But then it, the surrender becomes a choice. 
And to me, that's, that's what I was missing for. That's what I, I did over the course of a year and a half. I wrote a thing called the tipping point, which explains it as best as I possibly can, Mm, because it's this very ineffable like process where all like what we were talking about before, all these things matter, all the, all the things you're adding to it, all of the she said, you know, she's a psychologist and yeah, me, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I probably could be with all the fucking reading I've done about self-development and psychology. And I had all the knowledge I had been to AA for over a year. I had, I understood addiction. I, I had all of the intelligence, but it's not an intellectual exercise. Like it's just, it's so beyond that. And it's not, not that either. Right, like that. Matters, no, you can't exclude. It is the intellectual part is abs, but it's only a, it is a small it, part of it. Knowing is right. never the thing that carries us through. Right, it's like it's what we do with the knowing. It's what we do with it, and and this what I what I was writing about just this morning is that I truly had to connect my suffering to drinking. Mm-hmm. Like I truly had to connect it. It wasn't, I couldn't fix the other stuff and hope that the drinking would become less of a thing or less, I'd want to do it less or become less urgent or whatever. The drinking was the, the entry point to the suffering. Like I don't have this fully fleshed out yet. It's like, I literally was writing about it this morning, but she already knows this. Like you can read it in her letter. She she is connecting it, but she's still looking for something from the outside to come hit her and and shock her out of it enough. And like you said, she's already it's already all gone. Yeah. It's already all gone. I had the same thought. I said, do I mean yeah. look, I <laughs> you know, I I left my daughter in a hotel room. Okay, that should be enough, I would say. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, I had, I took it back. Like you said, I got down on my knees and then I took it back. Well, and, and it's uh, chipping away at you. Like that, I think that like when you just said that, like what's gone, like you, you're, you, like when you, when you get to the point, it's not that you've lost your daughter, you know, to CPS, it's that you left your daughter and that what that did to you, like yes. to you and what, what, what remains of you after that. And then what remains That's of you right. after the next thing. Right. And it's like, how far out of integrity do you have to get with yourself? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, I, I was as far as I could be. Um, but it's not, it doesn't, you know, once you have the, like she's done all these things, you know, it's like hoping some magic will work. Right. Yeah. But not really meaning it. Like it's, I don't want to take it away from her and say that she doesn't mean it. Like she doesn't actually want this, but no, 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 she clearly does. But it doesn't work like that. It's not like you said, you have to take you. You said to me at one point, because I had kept, I kept drinking. Like I would put together a week or two and I was trying to do all the things. I, I, I think the specific reason you said this to me is because I try. I went to a, I wanted to go to a concert. I wanted to believe that like my life wasn't going to end, that I was going to be still be able to like meet people and date and be this person and, you know, hold hold it all up and get sober at the same time. And I just kept suffering and I kept drinking and you're like, 
fucking, you're at point A. Like, stop trying to go to point C before you've even got to point D. Like, right. you're at point A. This even is point, point A. Yeah. This Right. This is ground zero. Right. Like, you are in it. Right. And be there. You can't fast forward through this. You can't do it. No. And, and that... That to me is where surrender becomes a choice. It's like I accept mm. that I am. And this the, is where right. I am. Mm-hmm. And where you're in, like you, you, like you accept. You kind of like you resign to the process, right? That's like right. you resign to where you are and what the next thing is that you have to do and and what you're going through, right? It's just like, and it's no different mm-hmm. than what I went through last week, right? Like. I'm yeah. in a process of having to like of changing the way that I operate and doing something that's far beyond what I may what I currently am able to do. And it's depressing right. and it's defeating and it makes me like hate my life and all sorts of shit. Um and if I want to rail against it and be somewhere else and fast forward through the process, it's gonna make it even more painful, right? And so it's right. like and that's one of the hardest things because when you are, are at this place where she's at this is the most painful existence that you Ugh. can imagine. It is like, I don't know how I'm alive today just because the thought no. of where, of how I felt and how, like, I was, I mean, I was disintegrated, you know? Like, I yeah. was dead, I was a dead woman walking. I really was mm-hmm. disintegrated. And, mm-hmm. like, when you're at that lowest, lowest, lowest point, like, you do not want to be there. And so you want to be, I, uh, I will never forget this. I went on a bender like around New Year's Eve. I had stopped drinking once and then I went on a bender and then I was like, okay, I've got to get this thing under control. And I started, this is when I started doing Make Cause Miracles. But like on the second, I think it was the second of January. I made an appointment at like a Kabuki. I was I had been drinking for days. You know what I mean? Like like mm-hmm. going like drinking, going to bed, waking up, drinking, smoking, pot, like just basically like watching TV. Like you know that like place where you don't you can't break out of it. It's too painful to break out of it, and it's so painful totally. to sit into it. So you just like try and numb your way through it and try and make it. You yes. know, to six p.m. without passing out. Um, and like I just was I'd done that for days, and I was so. Low. I mean, I had, I was, I spent, you know, New Year's Eve by myself drinking. Yeah. But it was just like the lowest that I had been. And then I woke up and I was like, okay, like I have to go to work tomorrow. So today is the day I've got to clean this up. And I would always overestimate my ability to clean it up. But I will never forget, I went to a Bikram class. And it was the hardest speaking class I've ever been to. And then I walked, I walked to it. And I just remember it was like not just walking through mud. It was the most painful moment that I can remember in my life. Like it was the most low. It was the low. When you start at that place, you do have to, you know, proverbially, proverb, I can't say it. Proverbially, <laughs> proverbially. No, I can't. Whatever. I don't care. You have to metaphorically walk through the like walk the you know walk the mile to the yoga mm-hmm. class in your pain mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. and then walk to the next thing in your pain and then go and sit down in the therapist's office in your pain like you yes. like that's one of the hardest places of this when you you know when when it's to this point when you are this battered or embattled you do have <laughs> you have to like walk in your pain to the next thing. And I think that that's one of the hardest things for a human to do. It's It does seem just easier to keep drinking. It does seem just easier yeah. to let it all go. And your brain, and to go, your brain tells you oh, it is because oh. it 
Because the only way you get motivation is from dopamine. Right. The only way you get motivation to do anything in your life at this point is by getting the dopamine hit from your drug of choice, right? So there's a motivation Mm -hmm. factor in it. But I think that's like – it's just such an important thing to remember. Like when you are – like for like just exactly like last week, I'm in this depression. I'm going to keep walking Mm -hmm. through it. I'm going to do the next thing. And then like – and today I like – I can't remember – specifically you know how bad it was last a week Uh ago today you know where I had no will to live um so anyway I think that that's like just like being your being allowed allowing yourself to be in it and go from point a to point a point one a point two a point three instead of a two you know the part where you're just alcohol yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna feel good you're not gonna want to not I mean I didn't I didn't stop thinking about drinking or, or, ha- or stop having the urge to drink for like a year after I was sober. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not everyone's experience, but that was mine. I, yeah. I kept waiting for the day, like it'll be easier. I'll want it more. I'll like, she's saying, I will have felt like this is enough of a bottom. I on and on and on, you know, there will be a day. And then what for like it, I had a moment where I read, I was walking home from work. This was like, I don't know, I want to say July of 2014 or something. And I'd been trying for over a year and I read the Augustin Burroughs passage in This Is How about how to put down your drink. And I've said this on the show many times, but I'll say it again. He, you know, basically says like drinking again is is like allowing yourself to have a temper tantrum at a certain point. You don't just because you want to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And that's an infuriating thing to hear. But at that point with the knowledge I had, I was far enough away from the physical addiction that I was a choice. Yeah. And I, and I was choosing it. I, I hated to hear that. Um, and, and this is a really, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't think at a certain point addiction is a choice. We lose our capacity to well, choose. Well, it dismantle. Yes, exactly. Right. But but we have – there is a moment, I and I, and I write about this in that article, where I would just say, fuck it. Fuck it till tomorrow. Fuck it for this moment. This is too painful. I can't walk through the pain like you just said and show up. And I don't berate myself for that. I I don't, you know, it, it, it is what it was. But recognizing that <laughs> sounds so stupid, but like I wasn't going to get sober unless I stopped drinking. I wasn't going to get to this place where I had I that that so many people had told me were better was better that I knew was better because I dipped my toe in it right. and had periods of it. Right. I wasn't going to be able to do that and keep drinking. Right. It sounds ridiculous, but I somehow thought there would be an easier, like and they say in AA, an easier, softer way. There fucking isn't. <laughs> right. Right. So it and you know, I, I wanna echo what you said. Like she's in it already. She's she says I, I have no capacity to learn. Well, that's bullshit. She does. She has yeah. all the capacity to learn. I started drinking when I was 16 too. I, you know, I drank for 20 years in excess and she, she has learned lessons like she knows. So I would, you know, as far as what to do, I would, I would echo all the things that you said, you know, just 
you have to get down on your knees and fucking pray to a God that you may not even believe in or understand. If you can't pray to for help, pray for the willingness to want help. <laughs> like that's what I did. It was like, I, I'm embarrassed to even ask for help because I don't believe myself anymore. Right. I don't even right. believe myself, but right. I, I want the willingness to believe myself. Right. I want, I, I want, I want the willingness. It's like you said, take the must, you have to have a mustard seed, mustard seed of hope. I didn't have that for myself, but I, but you can take it. Like she can take your mustard seed, your belief that you can feel in your words that this is, this could happen. She can take that from you and use it until she has it herself. Right. Eventually she will. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one anywhere ever that does not like no one that does not have the capacity to do this thing. No one. There's not one person Mm -mm. that is special in that way. Everyone can do this, right? I agree. And it's it's a, and no one is forgotten either, you know, Mm. no matter how many times you fucked up. No, you're not, you're not forgotten. Like it's the come, come again. Like, please just, just today could be the day, you know, it doesn't, I, I don't personally think like, is this going to end in tragedy? Is this, do I have to get to where I have nothing left? Um, I don't believe in that like scare tactic. Like it just didn't work for me. I, I still didn't connect even at the end till I was sober that I would die from this. I would have died. No doubt. But that wasn't like, that never got me there. Well, I I mean, that was one thing I wanted. That was a point I wanted to make because I think, like you said, you had to actually, like, come into – you had to understand what – say it again. You had to understand what alcohol was – Oh, connected to my suffering. Right. But I think one of the things – I do think, like, that's almost an overemphasis in recovery, like, is the connection to the suffering. And I don't think that that's a really good, like, deterrent from drinking. I think that that – like, I think that's a prayer for more suffering in some way, right? Like, I do think you have to acknowledge the suffering comes from it. Absolutely, 100%. But I think oftentimes when we dwell on it, that's the message that we're sending out, more suffering, 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 suffering. One of the things that is less talked, I know, I know, fine, disagree. But one of the things that's less talked about is the prayer for the the prayer for freedom, right? And the prayer for like the 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 good stuff that it brings to us. I like yeah. I'm not saying like I do like my focus and my approach is not to dwell like I do not I did I do not read addiction memoirs. I do not read like the pain and the suffering. I am so like honestly like if I read one more thing, I started when I was 16 and you know X Y and Z by 19 and 21. You know what I mean? Like when we talk through these stories of our pain and our shit. Like, I think it's important to talk through our stories of our pain and our shit. Believe me, do not get me wrong. I love dwelling in the ugly. I think the ugly and the hard and and the depressing and the bottom or whatever it is, like, I am super comfortable there and I love it. Like, I am not saying turn away from that, deny that, don't, don't appreciate that. But what I am saying is that there is, like, 
there's a lot of rehashing of the suffering and mm-hmm. the shit and the remember and the and the and that's a fear tactic. Remember how bad it is so you don't do it again is remember it's just re- like remembering how bad it is. That's it. Is like this constant vigilance towards towards suffering. And for me, yeah. The constant vigilance was towards more. The constant prayer or the, like the the story was not I had to connect my not drinking to my abundance and my freedom and my yeah. life. And so I didn't spend a lot of time saying, well, I did this and then this and then this, though I did rehash it. I, I didn't like close doors. Off. I didn't like just, you know, bury that and, like, and then say bye-bye, like gone. I went through, I went through the bad stuff. I went backwards and through the bad stuff. But also my focus was on like, um, on one, how all that stuff, the bad, quote unquote, bad stuff had served me, all the suffering had served me. But two, my focus was on connecting sobriety to more. And that Mm -hmm. focus, what we put our attention on grows. That is a fucking fact. What we put our attention on grows. All right. There's this Daniel Laporte experiment, her and her son have like split an apple in half and they speak awfully and horribly low vibe things to this to one half of the apple and they speak loving hopeful abundant high-minded high vibe things to the other half of the apple and in you know over like 30 days this other half of the apple that's been so kindly taken care of and has been you know where all the dreams have been placed is is still alive is not rotting and then this other apple is like the one that's just been you know like where all the suffering and shit has been thrown is like dying and so which just is like this our thoughts and where we put our attention and how we think of this thing Right, like, is important, and it is not to disregard and not to not connect it. We do, of course, we have to connect it to our suffering. I am not at, like, I am not ambivalent about how much I suffered, but also when I was in recovery, my mind was towards the expansive because I needed that so bad. I needed mm-hmm. this dream of freedom and this hope for a better life and this prayer for something bigger than what I had settled for, and that was what pulled me through. Right. It was not the rehashing of what a fucking piece of shit I was and how many ways I had raped myself. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I totally hear you. And I'm, we, we have, this is like maybe, um, a fundamental point where you and I, our, our experience has been different. Um, but I'm now, I'm now like understanding why I think one, we, you and I are different in how we process things, just like every individual is. And that's why we need so many different ways to recover. Right. Right. But I think, um, cause you used to say, I was like, I love drinking the love story. I love that book. And you were like, I can't, it's just so sad. It like, made me want to so, drink again. <laughs> no, I know. But, but I I didn't like it not because it was so sad. I didn't like it because she talks like she glamorizes drinking. Like when I'm reading it, it made me like years later want to drink whiskey. It just was no. I know. I'm going to get there. Let me okay. let me explain. Well, no, I just so, making sure you're not misquoting what I why I didn't like it. Sorry. No, I know. I was gonna. I was going to get there. Um, you, I, what I think I just figured it out as you were talking, because I do understand what you're saying. Like you, that's a thing that you gave me for sure is this, like this, um, it was almost like this, um, 
it goes back to the, like, do you miss drinking question that you asked yeah. me? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Do I miss drinking? Like, I, yes, I feel like I am like something has died. And I think it's like when someone tell, and everybody's going to be different on this. I just want to explain my point because I know there are a lot of people who feel the way I do when it's like, if you're, your spouse dies, right. And people want to tell you, like, there are things not to say. And one of those is like, everything happens for a reason. And there, hmm. there's going to be something better on the other end. And right. I mean, it, there's fucking nothing you'd want to hear, you know, less than that. And it's almost like a, it's like an affront to your grief. And I, I needed to, I had never, there's phases to grief, right? And one of them, and the, and they like all intermingle and, and go through this, this process and it's different for everybody. I needed to talk about what happened because one, I never, I'm, I'm emotionally like, I needed to emotionally digest what this loss was for me. And it was big and it was deep and I needed to, this is how I've processed things always. I need to like understand the emotional landscape of what was happening to me. And a lot of that was talking about shame, talking about fear and really like before I was ready to look forward, I had to be able to process this grief. And so yes, oh my God, I needed to be able to look to, to know at some point that there was like this bigger, brighter, hopeful, amazing future beyond what, what I could imagine. I needed to know that. And I, but I couldn't hear it yet for a while, you know, like I needed to, I was, I needed to process my grief about it. And the grief for me was, was huge. I, I wrote about it again, and this is like a part of my book I'm writing where I, you know, people told me like when I was getting, going to get divorced, the one of my friends, she's like, people should send you cards. It's like, they should send you casseroles. Like, it's like somebody has fucking died. And I didn't feel that around my divorce until maybe later. But when I, when I went to get sober, I, that's how I felt like somebody had fucking died. And it felt that way for a, a long time for me. And so I needed to go through that. Like I needed to sit in it and talk about it and hear other people talk about it and sort of wallow in that and yeah. pull it apart and let it take as long as it needed to take. And then I needed the other stuff eventually too, but I couldn't hear that yet. You know what I mean? Well, I think like, I mean, there's like a, there's a, a part of this that sounds like I'm spiritually bypassing right through the bad parts of, of no, recovery. No, but I, don't, I know that you're not. No, I hold on. Let not. me. But what I'm saying is I went through I, – I, like, please don't deny that I went through that as well. Like, I I threw up tears. It was probably one of, like – I mean, it was one of the darkest periods of my life. But I, I, like, processed the grief. I had a therapist from very early on. Believe me, I was, I was going through it as well. I'm saying – there's, like, for me, it was just a difference of, like, rehashing – like, no. What I'm trying to say is – I I think that there is an emphasis like years later on the suffering that goes that oh, that people yeah. went through and a rem- like what I like to make a clear distinction 
And that's why I said again and again as I was explaining it, like there is there is no getting around the dark stuff. And the dark stuff I'm very comfortable in. And I needed to go through the dark stuff. And any of if like if you read any of my earlier writings or like the stuff I was going through, like I was um, grieving. I mean, I was like, my process was nothing, but like it was a hopeful grief, but it was fucking grief. Um, But on the same, like on the same coin, what I'm trying to say is that I think what we have done is created an idea that recovery is about remembering from where you came and remembering like a rehashing and a continual rehashing of how bad it is and what like and what it was like and like there is I mean do you deny that like there is like that is I mean part of the reason why like AA was just not my jive because people years later are going in and rehashing all of like the stuff and I feel at some point like that like there is a there's there's somehow a miss between like talking about like I think that there is like we have like there's an idea of like you have to remember how bad it is and an emphasis on the suffering and then an attention on the suffering versus a, an attention on the on the light and the possibility and the growth. Yeah, I don't and I I I I hope it didn't sound like that. I wasn't trying to take away that you you were just ahead of me, you know? You were ahead of me and you are and you already had like a a different orientation towards how you were looking at at it. Period. I mean, and it's one of the reasons I why you are so important to me, why you're so important to so many people. And it's yes, what you're saying is why I don't go to meetings anymore. I don't I I don't want to look at all that. It's not that I don't even want to. It's just not helpful. Well, it's there's there comes a point where you process something and then it's just and then it's almost like re Like I don't want to go back and sit in the mud for an hour again because I don't, I honestly don't feel like I need to. Like my work revolves around this. I don't, (laughs) I'm fucking writing a book about it. Like I don't need, I don't, um, I don't have to force myself to remember. Well, I think there's a big, right. And I think there's a big part of our society. Like we live in kind of a, you know, a punishment based society, right? Like like our our jail system. And, and like there's, there's that really beautiful part in, um, in James Brown's book, Awakening Joy, where they talk about a society where when somebody does something wrong, they bring the kid into the middle of like a group and everybody like into the middle of a circle and some tribal society, I can't remember where, but the, Everyone goes around when this kid has offended somebody and done something wrong and reminds him instead of, like, instead of telling him how fucked up he is and what a bad kid he is, they remind him of, like, why they love him and what's so good about him. And that's, like, that's the punishment, quote unquote. And so I think we just happen to live in a society, in a puritanical-based society where, you know, sin is a prevalent thing where, you know, and where you must repent for your sins and be punished and eye for an eye and and that kind of stuff. you're not suffering, you're not, yeah, you're not suffering, you're not really living, like, you're not learning, you're not growing. And right. Yes. Right. Like we yeah, believe I mean, we like, be, we literally believe that people are made better through punishment and and being told how bad of a person they are. And I just don't buy that shit. I don't believe you know. I don't believe in in you know. I believe in evil, but I don't believe in evil people. And I think that like our society loves to believe in bad people and loves to make monsters out of out of individuals and loves to dwell really. on like on all you done wrong. Um. And I think that it serves us to remember. Like I think it's 
serves us to go through and process it. I do not believe you can deny the the dark stuff. I love going into my depth and my dark and my anger yeah, no, and I my know. hate and my yeah. shit. I know. I know you know. I just want to make that clear that I'm not like suggesting to just bypass all of that because that's a part of it. But I do want to – like my point is to say that after a certain – like there is – like the suffering, like the fear, the fear and the suffering and like that is not enough to keep you – sober like you need the like the idea of more to like I it's more for me about at this point it's not about what I'm afraid will happen it's more about what I what I don't want to lose and what I like what I have right like it's more about all the good that I don't want to give up not the the pain I don't want to suffer though the 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 pain I I would suffer is real of course but it's like I the bigger threat is giving up all that I have and all that's to come yeah, I I so agree with that. Like completely. I think the 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 connection that I'm talking about is that I truly had like cognitive disconnect with like I thought it was everything. Right. With, with everything. I thought it was everything else, anything else but the drinking. Right. I don't think this this person feels that way. It doesn't sound like it in her letter, but I know that there are people out there that do. I just <laughs> it was like But you don't think what you don't think that um She's connected drinking to her suffering? Oh, no, I think she does. You think she has cognitive she, dissonance? Yes. Okay. And that's and – that, and I had that. So anyway, I think you know, this think is we, awesome because yeah. we're – yeah, we're saying a lot of the same things, but I think this is so important because it's like um, what you bring is a perspective that I hadn't heard because I hadn't been exposed to it and that a lot of people haven't heard. And, and, and it's so – you know – I'll just add one more thing. I I was watching this interview with Ryan Adams <clears throat> last night and he was talking, you know, he's sober. Um, he was talking, it wasn't a talk about that. He was talking about the, the uh, interviewer was saying something, Ryan said something about gratitude. Like I have, he was kind of being jokey. He's like, gratitude is the name of the game. And the guy was like, okay, just pause there. Cause gratitude, he's like, gratitude is so hard to live in. And Ryan's like, that's bullshit. Like, it's just the society that we live in that thinks that you're worse. It's like what you were saying, like Mm -hmm. the society that thinks that we're puritanical society, thinks we're supposed to fucking suffer. And that suffering is what means that you and sacrifice that means that's what that's living that's what you're doing here right and if you're not you're doing something wrong right and he's like i don't feel that way that's not what is true for me he's like i i yes suffering struggling is is part of the deal but it doesn't really you know he's like i i go on tour and um He's like, I, there's all kinds of things against me. Like my health starts to fail and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but I can, he's like, but it's, if I do, I, I can't, I'm not even, I'll just leave, kind of leave it at that. But he's basically like said what you just said, which is so, is so how I believe. And it's a new, I've felt in the past year after I quit my job, after I am living in this life, like there's something wrong because I'm not, I had this built-in idea that I had to be in the hustle, that I had to be in the struggle every day. Like there was supposed to be so much more resistance to life. Yeah, I know. And if I wasn't feeling that, 
I was missing something. Like there was going to be a gotcha around the corner at any minute. Right. And it's not true. Mm -mm. And it's not to say like you bypass pain or that it's not fucking hard because it is, but it's an, or it's a completely different orientation. Like I expect good things to happen now. Yeah. Yeah. I expect things to work out. I expect good. Yeah. I expect joy, you know? And, and I think because of that, that's been more my experience of life more. Right. Right. Which brings back to like what you put, what you put your attention on grows. And it's true. Like you've put your attention in the last couple of years. Yes. You know, like, I mean, like how we come to this, I think it's all very different and all very the same, you know, like I think when you like do the, like, you know, 30,000 foot view, it kind of looks the same. Like you and I Mm -hmm. oftentimes are not speaking that differently that we might think we're speaking very differently. Um, But when you come into it and you like start to zoom in on all the details, it is, it's a, you know, it's like a different, you know, it's a different path but the but the main thing is like the the, the point of of this yes you had a, a different you know like a different start than I did or whatever you had a start where you were resistant to it where it's the last thing you wanted where you were grieving a lover you know where you didn't want this thing um you know like I had those things too just to a different degree mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. at the same time like what you what you have done in the last few years I mean just like you could you've continuously done the work and also like taking leaps and so mm-hmm. many leaps towards mm-hmm. like into the unknown and towards the greater thing. Like continuously done that. You've continuously put your attention on, you know, you and I don't call each other and sit around. Like I wouldn't talk to you if all we talked about was how wrong our lives were or how <laughs> oh, like, God. do you know what I mean? Like when was the last yeah, time no. we got on the phone and we were like, God, my life sucks. I've never I don't think you and I have ever said said no not well I'm sure you said it before right didn't you say that before I yeah I did and it's like this our talks were are more like this hurts I'm hurting this is hard it's like life sucks my life sucks no it's never an impossible like we're never sitting around and just talking trash on you know all the shit you know what I mean like our conversations are not negative they're deep and sometimes dark but they're not like negative and that's a very big difference and and that's a difference than three or four you know four or five years ago for me right like it made the difference back in the day was that my my, like every conversation was like based was never based on how right everything was or where like the possibility or you know what I mean everything was based on you know how like how the cards are stacked against me or like who's suffering more like I I mean that especially Mm -hmm. like at work don't you remember being at work and just being like Oh, I'm suffering more. I yeah. worked more. I worked harder. Like I stayed up contest. later. I did this more. <laughs> like, um, I have it harder. I have it, you know, I, it's I, like, it's like I said, there was that moment when I, when I was watching real hot, like the, um, when I was watching like the real housewives of Beverly Hills with, um, mm-hmm. it was with my sister and some of her friends. And, um, it was like, I think it was, it was when Elia was, I was still drinking, I think. And Elia got, had to have been about two, maybe a month 
maybe about a month old, and we were just sitting there, and they were just talking about, like, I mean, it was just such a resonance between them and the characters and all the difficulties and the impossibilities and all the talk about, you know, who was doing what to who or what, whatever. And I just, rem- like, remembered it was just this moment of realizing <laughs> I was still drinking, but I was doing, like, Course of Miracles, and I was just, it was such a shift of, um, I don't want to dwell on all the wrong, you know, in my yes. life anymore. I don't want to dwell on all the ways that I'm fucked and screwed and that life is working against me because that's just like it's you know it's the same reason yes. I don't like Taylor Swift's new song sorry I don't either I, I know her too, and a, I don't like that song well I just am like I just am like it's really played out that it's everyone else's fault right yeah. like I'm just it's I'm just so done with like it like look what you made me do like no one else made you do anything <sighs> I know. Come on. Sell someone. <laughs> someone they know that'll sell Look songs, though. I know. Most people want to say that. No, I know. I, I just want to add one little more tiny thing that when you're talking that like sparked in me. And it's so because it's so exciting to me that I feel this way. Um, and I hope I don't sound annoying to people, but whatever if I do, it's just what's happening and it's what's true. I wrote in my <laughs> my um I think it was my thousand day days of sobriety. It was a recent post that uh, I feel like I've returned to a place where I was when I was a kid mm-hmm. when I was really in love with life. Mm-hmm. Like I was just really in love with being alive. Mm-hmm. And I, to be fair, I never, I always had that spark, whatever it was like that never went out fully. You know, maybe the last couple of years of drinking, I started to feel like, oh my God, maybe I, I have lost that. Um, but I feel like I had this moment where I just started crying because I realized I feel that way again. You know, like I have always just been kind of in love with being alive and, feeling that way about life. And I've noticed recently in talking to people that, that that's not the orientation of a, of a lot of people, you know, and good, there are reasons for that. And it's not because I've, I haven't been through a bunch of shit. There's a lot to, that we could be, there's a lot of horrific things that are happening and happen every day. And it's not to say like, look past that or anything. It's just, I want to tell people that that joy exists. Like it's there for all of us. It's, it's possible to wake up and love your life. No matter what's going on to be in love with being alive, not even love your life to be in love with being alive. And I didn't feel that I, I thought drinking got me there. Right. I was just going to say, I remember very clearly when I was about 18 or 19, I'm drinking it was just like such a normal part of life. And I had lost that child. Like I had lost that spark that mm-hmm. I had. I mean, like up until I was like 15, my girlfriend, Brittany and I, my best friend, we would like, you know, our, our weekends, we would rollerblade everywhere. We'd rollerblade and get buckets yeah. of fettuccine pasta and we'd stay up on that. You know what I mean? Like we just had this like yeah. this simple ability to enjoy life as it was without alcohol, right? And then yeah. we started drinking. And I do remember around 18 or 19 having the very conscious thought that like – when you lose that, alcohol is the thing that makes up for losing that spark. And I think what I've found, like, right, like, it's the thing that, like, allows you to still have that, like, that you have to sacrifice, that part of growing up, the trade-off is you have to give back 
give up that joy that you have, that simple joy of existence. And what Mm -hmm. I found like, and, and I believed that I believed alcohol was the, was the thing that we were given, you know, the elixir that we were given in exchange so we can still have that. There's this article, this awful article on the guardian recently by this woman who's like, you know, like get off our backs about drinking already. She was like a, she's Mm -hmm. a, uh, I don't know. Did you see that? No, I want to see it. She just said it's like a, she she is very intelligently through the whole patriarchal thing of like telling women what they can and can't do. And like to be clear, like I'm not an abolitionist. Like I want to be clear when like like I'm not an abolitionist <laughs> and trying to take away women's rights and telling them they're pieces of shit because they're drinking. I'm telling them they're selling themselves <laughs> short by doing right. drugs to get through life. But she says this thing and she says booze is the elixir from the name. Like hold on. Let me find it really quick. Okay, so the article is called Booze is a Joy, So Stop Criticizing Women for Drinking. It's got a picture of a drunk woman, uh, two drunk women. Um, Being joyful. And it's on The Guardian. (laughs) By the way, The Guardian is brilliant in that it's constantly, like, it's one of the few publications that has consistently um, talked about, like, alcohol as an epidemic. And she says... um, and she says, I'm currently four months four months into a six-month period off the sauce. Why? To cleanse my liver, get a bit healthier. And I love this, by the way, because she can do four to six months yeah. off of it. Like, that's that's right. a very different story. Like, you know, like, that's a very – honey, that is such a different story than what most women face. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, first right. of all, <laughs> I just decided to stop for four to six months. Like, yeah. compare NBD. that to the two letters we just read. Okay. NBD. <laughs> to cleanse my liver, get a bit healthier, and try and solve my insomnia. For all that I absolutely love booze, it has its downsides. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I don't need to list them here because women are force-fed this information. Ah! Are we oh, for- I know! Yeah. Oh, my God. I love, like, right there. Where are we force-fed this? We're force-fed rose yeah. memes. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're force-fed. Women force don't fed. know. They no. don't know it doubles their risk for breast cancer. What, like, walk up to any woman and under, like, ask her that stat. Like, do you know that? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Um, okay. But I, I have periods away from alcohol so I can avoid being told. So I can be avoid being told at some stage in my life that I have to stop for good. Okay. I love okay. drinking and I do so with the knowledge that it isn't all that good for me. But neither is stress, which booze okay. is brilliant at reducing. Oh. Many a woman stuck in domestic purgatory lives a bearable life thanks to the bottle. Let's hear what? more praise and less negativity about one's life, one of life's glorious traits. Anyway. Um, wow. I, no, I know. I read it. I read it. I read it. And she used the patriarchy. Like, anyway, it was just, um, she's like, anyway. Um, right. So, anyway, all of this aside, Ugh. like, I, like, but I would have, like, I would have read this and been like, yeah, fuck, yes. You know, like, 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 yes, right. Um, but like the the thing is, like on this side, like what I have found, like I did, like I'm not gonna lie, like there were joyous moments when I drank, right? Like, like I had, you know, like going out and like getting drunk. Like there are moments in that night that are good. Like the the bookends are not right. Like none of like there's no benefit of it, but there are moments. Because of dopamine and because of losing inhibition that there is joy, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, take that away. But there is this, like, thing that I found when I stopped drinking where it was, like, the world opened. Like, I had been asleep 
And the world had been there, and I had been ignoring what, like, clouds. I mean, just clouds. <laughs> everything. Right? Tall Fucking buildings. Everything. The sun. Coffee in the morning. The smell of the morning air. Not being hungry. You know what I mean? But there was just this, like, yeah. I was a kid again, and I've, like, lost a little bit of that just because of – what I've decided to do for my career, um, you know. Yeah, and you still have a lot of that. I though. still I mean, have I think a lot of it. That's one of the it. best things about you, for sure. I still have a lot of it. Yes, of course I do. But at the same point, I like nothing will parallel like the first year of sobriety of like you know. I guess it's called the pink cloud. I don't know what the pink cloud is. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard- I've heard of this. Thing. I did not. I did not experience that. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, but I can actually like I still like I can tap into this joy that I had thought I thought we we trade was a trade off. Um, so I don't yes. know. I mean, it, I just it, oh, I just wanted to say that because it's I I know you feel that way too, and I didn't really. I don't know. I I, I find like new ways to say things I didn't know how to say yeah. before. All right. And I think it's I think it's really fucking annoying to hear um, that. Like I I couldn't hear that for a while. You know, that's one what? of the things that like I couldn't hear. Like joy, it's so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better because it yeah. wasn't for a while. It wasn't. Yeah. You know? I know. So I know. anyway, but also there's uh, the like it gets better, right? Like oh, it you does. know, like I but wanted no. to punch every fucking person who said that uh, right, it right, gets right, better. Right. It's like. I hate you. <laughs> but it's true. Sorry. Yeah. No, I think right. we're done. Um, okay. I love you. Bye-bye. Infinitely so. Oh